consumers are more aware of what's happening in the industry. They want to do more research of the products they buy, where they come from, if they were produced ethically or manufactured ethically. So marketing is one part of that. Before we crack on with the podcast today, I'd like to give a shout out to Future Europe, which is a retail marketing and commerce event on the 6th of June, 2023. The Future Conference is focused on fresh thinking and progressive change in the future of retail marketing and e-com. You can get tickets at www.futr.org today forward slash london the future guys have been long time supporters of this podcast so please check out the website get a ticket and get down there Hello and welcome to the Shiny New Object Podcast. My name is Tom Ollerton. I'm the founder of Automated Creative. And this is a weekly podcast about the future of marketing and advertising. And every week I get the incredible privilege to interview one of our industry's leaders. And I am on a call with one of those people this week, which is Nina Dativu, who is Global Lead Management at PayPal. So Nina, for anyone who doesn't know who you are and what you do, can you give us a bit of background about how you ended up where you are today? Thanks for having me on the podcast, Tom. Hi, everyone. I'm Nina. So I've been working in marketing the past four years here in London, and my career started after I completed my master's degree in engineering business management at Warwick. Um, My original background uh, is in economics, and uh, that's how I landed my job in Tata Consultancy Services as a pre-sales solution consultant. I stayed there in my role uh, more than a year, and then I moved to a marketing role uh, as a global marketing assistant manager. So we were the core uh, team for marketing for the company in Tata. So after that, I moved to a startup company. Uh, I've worked there uh, as a marketing manager. Um, And then here in PayPal, I'm a global lead manager um, and it's a great journey till now. So I'm very happy to be here. Thank you. No, my absolute pleasure. And I'm, I'm very envious of the fact that you've only been in the industry four years and have none of the baggage that, that those of us who have been in it much longer have. So I'm really interested to, to get your view. And you've chosen the question, which is how would you advise a smart driven student to get into the industry? And given that you've done that relatively recently, what advice would you give to people who wanted to follow in your footsteps? Thanks, Tom. So the thing is that students are very confused how to penetrate the industry, how to start uh, a new job without experience. So it's always good to give some advice to them. Um, You don't have to be a marketer or you don't have to come from a background very specific to marketing, right? So marketing industry is so flexible that uh, I've worked with people that studied engineering, economics, data science, maths. So it's it's not about uh, the background you have. You can always uh, have experience. You can always do courses. You can always um, do some, some things, some courses on your free time or anything else, maybe network. So it's not as difficult as students think. And it's great to... to uh, take a risk and uh, try it if you if you want to actually work for a marketing industry. And what would be your top marketing tip? You've been in the industry for years. What is the thing that's really impressed you, really stuck with you that you think, do you know what, that's going to stand me in good stead going forward? Um, sure. So um, 
in my, in the past, I worked with a lot of business developers or mm, salespeople and marketing, of course. So the, the thing that um, it's stuck in my brain since then is that, you know, you have to focus on solving your customer's problem and meeting their needs, uh, which is something very broad and uh, something that you can see everywhere. And you would say, as a marketer, you will say, obviously, I'm going to do that. But a lot of companies, they are not actually focusing on that. And I've seen that in uh, in a really different ways because sometimes their goal is you know is the revenue or to hit targets and they miss the actual point to s- solve the the customers' problems. Uh, so it's really crucial to like if you want to generate leads and create awareness of your company, uh, just to understand and do a good research uh, for the pain points, the desires, or any motivations and see maybe what your competitor is doing better than you and just focus on that. So what is the most effective way that you've found to do it? Because I agree with you, it's the most obvious thing in the world, right? Do your research, understand your consumer, solve a problem for them and put that central in your marketing and your sales efforts, right? However, the uncovering of that truth is difficult because getting people to report exactly what they think, feel, and do is is hard. And then you have your own hunches and your beliefs and you want, you know, we don't want to let go of them. So how have you seen other people do that successfully and, and how do you do that yourself? I think if you connect uh, with your clients, um, if you connect and gain their trust and actually open your ears and listen to them, um, and then I think you will definitely come up with a plan and then always go back to your client and suggest these five solutions. If nothing of this is uh, to their like, then you always go back reworking until they like it. And I think that's really important uh, because then you're building trust and relationships. And of course, it's not gonna, it's not gonna take ages to do that, but uh, communication, building trust, it's at the end, you're going to have a long-term relationship and loyalty. So clients, they won't really want to leave you because you will have this kind of uh, relationship um, and you will always have repeat business after that. This episode of the Shiny New Object podcast is brought to you in partnership with Madfest. Whether it's live in London or streamed online to the global marketing community, you can always expect a distinctive and daring blend of fast-paced content, startup innovation pitches, and unconventional entertainment from Madfest events. You'll find me causing trouble on stage, recording live versions of this podcast, and sharing a beer with the nicest and most influential people in marketing. Check it out at www.madfestlondon.com. So now we're going to move on to your shiny new object, which is ethical marketing. So I think I know what that is, but what is your description of ethical marketing in 2023 and why? Is that your shiny object? Um, so I would say transparent and honest. Um, and we saw in the recent years that this is growing because consumers are, are more aware of what's happening in the industry. They want to do more research of the products they buy, where they come from, if they were 
if they were produced ethically or manufactured ethically. So marketing is one part of that. And uh, if you take some examples, you could see that a lot of brands, uh, they, they promote with big letters uh, what's good for their brand and then hide with small letters uh, things that they don't want their consumers to, to see. Um, and this is like um, a game that's going on the past few years since since ever. Um, and I think it's it's really good that um, we are um, as human beings we are we are growing so we always want to have the best products and marketing should align with that and uh, you have to have always the the truth as a customer when you buy something or when you receive a service. So help me understand your your view on ethical marketing. Do you mean it's like being ethically open about your your products and your, the service and supply chain, or is it brands acting in an ethical way? Uh, it's more about for me. It's more about um, yes, maybe the logistics or the way that you produce something, or environmentally, if you take the materials you used as a business, did you do the best you could, and uh, how do you promote? Uh, this product or service to your clients? Is this the communication you're giving truthful or not? Uh, so that's that's the part uh, I wanted to, to talk about more. So because you are near the start of your career and you work for a ginormous business, how do you want to shape your employer? Like, How does that work internally for you? So ethical marketing is important to you. Otherwise, you wouldn't have brought it on the show. But how are you making sure that the businesses that you work for now and in the future have a strong moral compass? Of course. If I'm involved, for example, in the communication part or the content part that is going to go public or is going to go to clients and all that, I will always adjust probably the content or to to what I see as uh, truthful and good for my business, but good for my clients too. So that's that's a way of doing that. And if people don't agree with you, you can always have a conversation and find um, uh, a different solution. But I wouldn't promote something that I would I don't believe in or I don't agree with. And who who do you look up to in ethical marketing? Who were the brands or organisations that you have seen that? made you choose this as your shiny new object? Who do you look up to in the ethical marketing space? Um, I think it was, um, I will give you a fashion brand um, that happened a few months back, I think. Was it Balenciaga? I'm not sure. Um, that there was this extreme uh, societal thing that everyone was saying, like, we are not going to buy your brands. Uh, because of the marketing ad they had uh, that had like illegal, not illegal content, but unethical content with kids and all that, that you, you see that people didn't want to see that and didn't want to accept the message, the marketing message that they were le- releasing through this video and the, through this ad. So this is just a simple example from a huge brand, actually, that uh, we wouldn't expect that from. Um, and if you take... The art, the new art technology, for example, that generates um, art that looks real. And, and you see, they haven't found, this is a different example, but they haven't found a middle way of saying that, is this art ethical? Because they don't say that it was generated by an algorithm. 
you know? So is it fair for the artist uh, that spent months uh, on, on a painting or, an, on, or a photographer that uh, took a picture um, to compare them with an algorithm? So they haven't found a middle way on saying that what's ethical or what's not, or what can be uh, submitted on a competition or not. Um, things like that. Yeah, like there are so many examples and different aspects of that that you can talk about, I think. Yeah, so I'm keen to know the other examples. You mentioned the Balenciaga, and I'm just looking at it now. The, the, the kids sort of stood on the bed with this almost kind of bondage-type gear. They're very arresting, very, very challenging. And in some senses, great marketing because it, it, it's arresting, but have they gone too far? So what other examples of unethical advertising have you seen that annoys you or or the other way what who, who do you think does ethical marketing really well i think as a big brand fashion brand and you have to you want to send a message to your clients you you have to be very careful about your communication so the way they they approach this specific ad for example it, it wasn't it wasn't for kids. Like I wouldn't say I'm a kid and I want to see chains and um, like I, you know I don't think that's that's what kids represent and child childhood and all that. We at least our generation I don't know we were like more free walking on the streets playing around. Like I wouldn't see chains and say yes I want to buy this. So it's not really it's not really for kids, you know, and it wasn't the message they wanted to send. So it was more abusive, let's say, for uh, for my eyes. And I think most people um, would, would agree that this wasn't proper to to demonstrate with kids. If, if it wasn't an adult material, I would say yes, because you, you have the concern and all that. But if it's for kids, I don't think there is any point of advertising things with uh, with the dark, um view i don't know how to say that yeah i think advertising with children involved with any hint of any type of sexuality or anything to do with sex or adult behavior is not a good idea period i had there was a quite a famous twitter storm about an audi ad a few years ago where there was a kid leaning against the car eating a banana and everyone went crazy about it because you know they, it, was, it was sexualizing children and there's an argument that it wasn't it was a kid eating a banana and it was the viewer that sexualized the image in their minds and so it, it's an interesting space but it, i think it's a, a pretty easy one to avoid and really just need someone with common sense to say then maybe maybe we should steer away from anything that's vaguely sexual with kids anyway you've got you've got me all uh, wound up and excited about that um, and we should be talking about you but unfortunately you know we're at the end of the show thank you for sharing your your views and your experience uh, and it's been great to meet someone who's started their journey in the industry and if anyone who wants to reach out to you to help you on that journey where can they contact you and what would you like to get in a message from them um, thank you, Tom. Thank you for your time. Um, I think I'm using a lot LinkedIn. Like it's my favorite tool I've been using in probably eight years now or nine. So I'm very active on the platform. And anyone that wants to contact me, a fellow professional or a student that wants advice or something like that, I would be more than happy to answer uh, through a message. Brilliant. Okay. Well, look, Mina, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Tom. Great uh, conversation and thanks for having me. Hi, 
Just before you go, I'd really appreciate it if you could take the time to write a review of the Shiny New Object Podcast on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, whatever it's called these days, or whichever podcast provider you use. We're an indie podcast, so it would go a long way for us if you could just share the word and give us a bit of a support on those channels. That would just be fantastic. If you haven't got time, that's also cool. And yeah, if you could tell your colleagues about the podcast and also, if possible, don't forget to subscribe. And I'd love to hear your feedback. Uh, if you'd like to speak on the podcast, I'll be a guest or you think I'm asking the wrong questions, anything. I'd be super interested to hear what you think. So please email me at tom at automatedcreative.net. That's T-O-M at, uh, I'm not going to bother spelling it. Anyway, you'll work it out. Thanks so much.